Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Product Sourcing and eBiz Show, brought to you by WorldWideBrands.com. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Cowie. Did you know that federal, state, and local governments auction off just about every type of abandoned, seized, and surplus item that you can imagine? What's more, they're typically willing to sell the item for whatever they can get. Government auctions can provide an excellent means of product sourcing discounted products for you to sell on your e-business. And with us today is Ian Aronovich of www.governmentauctions.org to tell us all about government auctions. Ian, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Rob. Very glad to be here. So tell me, Ian, how does a typical government auction work? Give me the kind of nuts and bolts of it. Sure. I think the two main categories of auctions are seized property auctions and the surplus property auctions. Now, the seized property auctions come about by various ways. First, the most popular thing that people probably hear is from criminal seizures. In other words, a drug trafficker's home is raided. Sure, sure. possessions are confiscated because they were purchased with money from illegal activities. And those items are sold at a government auction. In addition to that, there are a lot of people who don't pay their taxes when they should. And the IRS finds those people, goes after them. The IRS will confiscate stuff to satisfy outstanding tax liability, and that will also show up at a government auction. And in addition to that, there are custom seizures, which probably have every type of thing you can imagine, because this is essentially what comes into the country. And this happens when companies try to smuggle merchandise into the country without paying import duties, or sometimes even happens when people return from vacation from a foreign country and just don't declare their purchases properly. And from any and all other ill-gotten gains, there are police seizures of stolen property that are not claimed by the owner. There are local sheriff sales of foreclosed real estate and so forth. I'll just go through with you the surplus property auctions also. So that's all under the category of seized, right? That's all under the category of seized, and there's a multitude more, but I just gave you the main ones over there. Okay, so let's talk about surplus. Now, the surplus are essentially auctions for goods or property a particular government agency no longer needs. The government tends to buy in bulk, plus just about every manufacturer always gives the government a discount. So the government gets these cars, equipment, whatever it needs, fairly cheap, and uses it for a couple of years, and then when it no longer needs it, it sells its equipment and upgrades to new stuff. In addition to that, you have our U.S. military, which sells all of its surplus equipment, and there's a bunch of different government agencies that do this. So of the two categories, would you say surplus is bigger? I would say surplus is bigger in terms of the inventory, because think about every car that a government employee drives at some point in time is going to be declared surplus. Right. Well, let's ask the key question that everyone always wants to know. How can items be bought at discounts from their regular prices? Right. Well, basically, in all these circumstances, the government agency involved often now, either directly or through a third-party auctioneer, typically puts the property up at a public oral auction. The general public is able to attend and bid in these seized items of property, and then the goods go to the highest bidder. While this works differently for various auctions, typically on the larger ones, a government agency that will be conducting the sale or auction, first of all, will make the list of items available that are going to be sold to the general public about two or three weeks before the auction. Two, uh, two or three weeks? Yeah, two or three weeks before the auction, you should have almost a complete list of items. Now, does this change between surplus or seized? 
It generally does not. The auctions are conducted in a very similar fashion. The right. only major difference between surplus and seized is the type of items that are sold there. The ones in the seized property auctions tend to be fairly newer or fairly older, and the ones in the surplus property auctions are pretty much standard two, three years or so on and so forth. Okay. Two to three weeks out now, you've got a complete idea of what's going to be up. What happens next? Right. That's when you should start your research as to what looks interesting to you. Then you'll have a one to two day period, which will usually be several days before the auction, during which you have to register for the auction, and during which time you can and should inspect all the merchandise that we offered up for bid on that auction day that you are interested in. Nobody says you have to go around and look at everything, but figure out in the catalog what it is that you're interested in and look at it. And when you register for the auction, you will get a large bidder number and an auction catalog that will, again, list the items that are up for sale, but this time with their ID numbers next to them. And then when you walk around the inspection area and physically look and inspect the goods that will be up for bid, you'll notice that they are marked with their ID numbers, which you can then look up in the auction catalog. Now, where do these auctions typically take place? Is there any online access to any of this stuff? Yeah, the auctions, a lot of times the big government auctions take place in huge warehouses or sometimes even in the open air in nice weather. Some of them do actually happen online. In fact, a lot of the police auctions happen online because police tend to have smaller items that are seized that are shippable to people. When you get to the auction uh, a couple of days down the road, auctioneer calls out the ID number and the item being auctioned off one by one and gives a short description of it. And then he begins soliciting bids. And this process goes on until it's sold to the highest bidder. That's essentially how you're able to grab bargains at these government auctions, but you always have to use your head. And you asked before, how can they be bought at a discount from the regular price? Well, in most circumstances, these government sales take place via an auction because the government either obtained them for free or for cheap. And because the government does not have a traditional profit like a corporation does at the auction, they'll typically sell the merchandise to the highest bidder for whatever price it can get. If you are the highest bidder, and if the highest bid is left on the market price of the item or property you're buying, then you have essentially bought the item at a discount. Is it guaranteed that a buyer is going to get a discount on the item that they're bidding on? No, absolutely not. Anyone that claims that you're always going to get a huge bargain in government auctions is just fooling you, and this is very important. Yeah, I think that's a very important point to make. Like any other venture, it's imperative that you use your head and research the value of what you're buying. There are times, for instance, when some inexperienced bidders throw out a bid that's higher than the actual value. Well, if you don't know what the value is, you may try to top that bid. And in that case, if you end up being the highest bidder, you'll have overbid and you will have bought it for more than the value of the item. You're legally required to buy it at that price. That having been said, if you approach this properly and you know the value of what you intend to bid on, you won't go overboard and you'll bid only so far as it makes sense. So if you prepare yourself, do all the necessary legwork before the auction, you can really get some good deals. Right. Well, the key takeaway there is be prepared, right. do your homework and do your research and start at least two to three weeks out in advance. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, that's when you should start looking at the items that interest you. The real, real hardcore work gets done when the inspection starts because that's when you can really take a look at these at these cars or electronics or whatever else and really get a sense of what condition they're in or what they are and so on and so forth. Right. And look carefully, I guess, huh? Yeah, definitely. All right. The more you know of what you're actually looking at, the better off you're going to be. Are there actually different types of government auctions? We talked about categories here seized and surplus, and maybe we could also attach on what abandoned is. Well, abandoned auctions are essentially when somebody leaves something in a certain location, somebody turns it into the police, and hardly anybody ever comes back to claim it. Those items are often sold by the police. Are there then different kinds of auctions? 
Yeah, I'll go through that. What happens is there are certain agencies that like to have one particular government auction, and you did mention one of them before, online auctions. And yeah, there are government agencies out there that will conduct an online auction. Sometimes they will even do it on eBay or any other auction marketplace where the items are placed for bid online and bids are taken for a set period of time. At the end of that, the highest bidder is the winner of the item. This format, as I told you before, is typically used for small, relatively inexpensive items that can easily be shipped to the winner. But sometimes it's also used for more expensive items like cars or lots or smaller items like computers and electronics. What other types of auctions are there? There are several additional formats in which auctions take place. I'll mention the two other most common ones. The first one of these is the sealed bid auctions, and this is actually a favorite of the IRS when it auctions off stuff. It's seized from, from tax cheats, where, for instance, you'll be invited to submit a written bid for a property being auctioned. The auctioneer will then gather all the submitted bids, open them, and the highest will be the winner. Here you'll be bidding blind that you'll not know what your competitors are bidding, and you won't have the opportunity to raise your bid to top your competitor. The way to approach this is, again, and I can't stress this enough, assess the value of the property or item that is up for bid and submit a bid that is lower than that value in which you can make some profit. That having been said, your bid should still be high enough to be competitive because in this format, again, you don't know exactly how much more or less somebody else is bidding than you. Right. Now, are people who go to these type of auctions typically looking to buy to resell, or do a lot of people go there to buy for themselves? You have a mixture. There's a huge amount of people who come to resell. There are some people who come to buy by themselves, and the people who come to buy by themselves tend to make out with good deals also, but the best deals, obviously, are obtained by those who do this on a repeat basis because they just know the ins and outs of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Are there typically set quantities of items in each auction? In other words, how small or large are the quantities of items that an interested buyer would expect to purchase? Does he have to buy 10 of something, 20 of something, or single items? Well, again, this varies because there are such a variety of different government auctions out there. For some auctions, like police auctions, you typically will find individual items up for bid. You don't need to worry about buying stuff in lots when you're at a police auction. In other instances, like in customs auctions or in military auctions, small commoditized items can be sold as boxes or pallets, and this could be anything, wearing apparel, footwear, leather goods, books, DVDs, computer parts, industrial parts, fabric, you name it. Right. And a lot of times, closeout store owners will attend these auctions, and they'll buy up these lots, and they'll sell the contents by individual items in their store, and they'll make tremendous profit on it. One good thing about lots is many people will not bid on them because they will not have the means to dispose of them, nor will many people be prepared to remove them from the premises. So if you know what you're doing, you can really, really get some great deals over here. On the lots, yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. So what are some of the basic guidelines to observe when participating in government auctions? First of all, know in advance the exact rules for the auction and be prepared to follow them. This includes what type of auction it is, what type of bids are to be made, what forms of payment are acceptable, and what are the procedures for removal of winner's merchandise at the end of the auction. You also need to make sure that you bring two forms of ID with at least one picture ID because you'll need these to register for the auction and also to check out with the items that you've purchased. And if the payment method that is required is cashier's check, I would advise your listeners to bring lots of these in small denominations so that they can easily pay for these items. If some of them go unused, you can always redeposit them. I would also advise anyone starting off in this to use the first several auctions as a learning experience. In other words, attend several initial auctions to get a feel for them and don't bid on any items. Just observe and begin planning your strategy for the future. 
And this is one really, really important thing to know at a live oral auction. Keep your hands to yourself. That means don't raise your hands or your bidder number unless you specifically intend to make a bid. The live auction moves fast, and the auctioneer may misinterpret your hand motions as a bid, and you don't want to get stuck with a bid you never intended to make, especially if it turns out to be the highest. Right. Are there any more basic guidelines you'd like to mention? Yeah, there's one, and it's probably the most important one. When you go to these auctions or participate in any way, you have to come up with a bidding plan, and you have to stick to it. This means that prior to the auction, you should decide exactly what items you're going to be bidding on, research their value, and set what will be the maximum amount of money you're willing to pay for each item. Right. The live auction is a very fast-paced and lively environment, and it's very easy to get caught up in auction fever, which you don't want to do. So the moral being, do not bid on items you didn't plan to bid on, and do not ever go above what you have set as your maximum bid. And if you follow these guidelines, you're much more likely to be successful at an auction. Right. Is there any more to good bidding strategies? Well, yeah. As far as bidding strategies, a lot of times the auctioneer will ask for specific bids, especially at the beginning. He'll say, like, can I have 300 or do I hear 1500 Don't ever feel compelled to give into the suggested bid by the auctioneer. If you're not comfortable bidding as much as he asked for, bid whatever you feel is appropriate. So let's say the current bid is $1,000 and the auctioneer yells, can I get 1500 you can easily raise your bidder number and yell 1200 In other words, don't let the auctioneer do the bidding for you. Yeah, don't let him dictate it. Right, yep. right. That makes a lot of sense. And also, try to bid on items that come up either in the beginning or the end of the auction. These tend to have lower bids for various reasons, but mainly because many bidders come late and or leave early, so there's less competition. And the corollary here is that if you want to take advantage of this, you should get to the auction on time. This doesn't mean that you should hesitate to also bid in the middle of the auction if the item or merchandise you wish to buy is being auctioned off at that time. It's just that the earlier and the later have kind of statistical advantages. Yes, exactly right. right. Exactly right. right. And also, if you get to these auctions, you'll find that there are going to be a lot of professionals there. These are going to be used car dealers, computer electronic equipment dealers, and so on and so forth. And sometimes you can use their expertise to your advantage because they've obviously done their legwork. A car dealer obviously knows the value of a car that he or she is bidding on, and often the car dealer will drop out of the bidding at a certain point because the price has gone too high in his or her estimation. So what you need to realize is that the dealer typically sets his maximum bid by discounting from it the profit he wishes to make on the resale. And so when he stops bidding, you can just offer a small amount more, and if you're the top bidder at that time, you may walk away with a bargain, but it's imperative that when employing this strategy, you still never go above your own maximum bid. Right. And like you say, having a plan going in, I can imagine if you don't do that, that it really could get out of control. Yeah, you can actually lose money in a government auction also. Right. Well, how does an individual interested in purchasing government auction items assess the value of the item that they're intending to buy? Well, if you're a professional in a particular business, and you know some of your listeners might be, if you're a computer dealer or a coin dealer or a jeweler or a car dealer, you'll typically know right away what to look for in what you're buying and will be able to rapidly appraise that item and quickly set a limit price. But if you're not a professional and need to use a multitude of resources that are out there to determine the value of the items that you're interested in. So let's start with cars. Many auctions will list the VIN number of the car, which you can then use on Carfax or similar service to get the history of the car. Right. Many auctions will also publish the condition of the car, as well as the mileage, and almost all auctions will let you see the car started for you and let you inspect it. So armed with this information, you can refer to various Blue Book guides, and the best of these are probably the National Automobile Dealer Association, or NADA, 
used car guides, which contain various market reports of used car values. Another easy and good resource is also the Kelly Blue Book. For electronics, you can use the Orion Blue Book, which is probably the largest and best known of Blue Book in electronics. Right. For coins and such, you can subscribe to various coinage magazines, which provide you a lot of information, but you should also have by your side the official Blue Book Handbook of United States Coins, which is edited by Kenneth Bressert. And then for antique values, most people tend to go to covels.com and purchase the most recent Covels Antiques and Collectibles price guides. And there are price guides out there for just about anything, so you should seek them out as necessary and use them along with any relevant information to arrive at the value of the items you're interested in and to set your bidding limit. And if you do that, you can increase the chances of getting bargains exponentially. Wow. A lot of very valuable information. Now, how are you going to find out about those government auctions? Well, they're typically listed in your newspapers. Look through them, and you'll find some there. Or you can go to various aggregation services that aggregate government auction information, like us or any of the others out there. So that's one of the services that you guys do? Yeah, exactly. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> what are the different ways you see buyers sell the items? Once they've actually purchased them at a government auction, what different strategies do people have for actually selling those items? Well, the most popular one is we see many people who are in the particular business already, like closeout store, car dealer, jeweler, art or antique dealer, using government auctions to buy up additional merchandise. They can then resell at a profit in their existing businesses. But we've seen the average person take advantage of this also. But several specific ways in which buyers sell the items they purchase at government auctions are as is on eBay. They just simply buy it for a lower cost. They research the value of what they bought, and then they sell it for a profit on eBay or other online marketplaces. Another right. strategy is to actually buy up things in bulk, pallets or in boxes, and then break up the purchase into individual items and sell each separately online or otherwise for profit. We had a gentleman, for instance, that bought a lot of 2,000 ammunition cans for 15 cents per can and then sold them for $4 per can. So for wow. $300, yeah, for a $300 <laughs> investment... Uh, plus time and shipping, uh, he made about $8,000. Those are the stories we love to hear. Yeah. But again, you have to always, always use your head before you go into government auction. Well, we've got just a minute left. Are there any final thoughts on government auctions that you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, I'd just like to tell your listeners that if you wish to get involved in buying stuff for government auctions and then reselling it for profit, you have to be aware that it's like getting involved in any other business. It takes time, preparation, planning, strategizing and lots of research. It's not really as easy as walking into an auction and buying a $20,000 car for 1000 and then reselling it at full price. All the strategies we spoke about today are a starting point. If you use common sense, I think you pretty much will turn out fine. I think you've given us a tremendous amount of really, really good information and a really good overview of this business. I encourage everybody to go and check out www.governmentauctions.org really appreciate your time and that's our time for today with Ian Aronovich thanks. president of SciWeb Holdings Incorporated Ian thanks so much for being here again check out www.governmentauctions.org for more information on government auctions I am Rob Cowie Today's Entrepreneur Product Sourcing and eBiz show has been brought to you by WorldwideBrands.com and Entrepreneur.com. Join us again next week for more free eBiz education with the Internet's leading product sourcing experts.